0: here we go. Uh, Just just a reminder again, you know, we're going through the book of Luke uh, to learn more about Jesus together as a body and as a church. And um, uh, hopefully this is a reminder for all of us. There's two ways for us to know more about Jesus. Number one is to spend time with him. Uh, When we do it together as a church is, is when we come together for our corporate worship time, just like we did earlier, and our corporate prayer time. That's when we try to hear from him together for what he has for this church, for restorations. And also from the individual standpoint, we uh, should try to spend time with him because uh, he is a very, very relational God. He wants desperately for us to reach out to him. He wants us to spend time with him, to seek him. Uh, to seek him out and to hear from him, because there's so many things that he wants to talk to us about. There's so many things that he wants to share with us, and this is something that each of us can do in our own time. You know, it doesn't have to be sitting in a in a, in a quiet room by ourselves. We God wants to spend time with us while we're doing the things that we enjoy. So for some of us, it may be cooking. For some, it may be running. For some, it may be just walking. For some, it may be, you know, listening to worship music. So we we need to remember to try to find those times to learn more about Jesus. Because when we tell people, um, uh, I, I hope that we will be able to tell people about Jesus, not just because this church or that church, because that is the one that we should be bragging about in terms of who he is and what he has done for us. Uh, and, you know, number two, the two ways to learn more about God. You know, number one is spending time with him. Number two is studying scripture, studying the word of God. And we do this together as a church on Sunday morning as we go through what God has for us. But also we need to do that on our own time because it will help give us a strong foundation to build, build upon. We, we don't want to, um, which is the truth. You know, once we know and understand the word of God, we will have the truth that will help give us a strong foundation. Because the truth will change us and the truth will transform us into the people that God has for us. You know, having the truth will help us to know this is the God that I worship versus knowing God for, uh, as in something that we've, we've learned through someone else or just through culturally or what we think he should be or just because what society is telling us what God should be. Um, or even our tradition tell us what God should be. So, so that's why it's important for us to learn from scriptures and hear and learn from God for ourselves. Okay, so, so that's hopefully that's a reminder. Again, you know, the vision for restoration is to glorify Jesus everywhere. And again, as, as we want to glorify Jesus, we need to know him, right? If we don't know Jesus, it's difficult to glorify him, and it's difficult to share with others if we don't know him as well as we should know him because we, we don't want to just regurgitate the things that we hear when we share with other people because they want to hear directly from us what is on our hearts and how, what do we know about who Jesus is. And when we share that, you know, we can share from a place that, um, um, uh, that, that, uh, that we have experienced a deep, rich, satisfying love. And we can share it with them so that they can experience that also for themselves. So anyway, chapter 19. Uh, I've said this before, but uh, I'm going to say this again as a reminder. Due to the lack of time on Sunday morning, we would not be able to go through everything within this particular chapter. I'm going to give a brief outline, but I want to spend a lot of time focusing on what God has for us as a church at Restoration within this chapter. Um, So I I, want to encourage you guys to read through Luke in your own time. Uh, and we're on chapter 19 now, so if you read 19, great. If you haven't, I want to encourage you to read that in your uh, time with God and, and, and hear more of the things that God has for each of us individually. So chapter 19, it will start out uh, with, with Zacchaeus as a tax collector. Um, you know, Zacchaeus is a chief tax collector, not just any tax collector. And it's kind of interesting that he's, there's a description that he was short. Most of the description that we see of people, it doesn't talk about whether they are short. You, know, you can talk about someone who's tall and handsome, but it's interesting that someone is short. Uh, so he, had to, you know, he heard that Jesus was coming, so he wanted to see him, but there were too many people around. He, you know, he wasn't able to get people to move, so he had to climb up on a tree, to uh, a him fig tree. And uh, as he climbed up on the tree, Jesus saw him, walked right up to him, and said, Zacchaeus, come on down. And he, Jesus, invited himself to Zacchaeus' house, uh, and Zacchaeus hurried came out, you know, hurry and came down, and as as Zacchaeus was in the presence of Jesus, he repented, and he became he changed, he become, he became a new man, and he automatically stood up and said, "I'm giving half of my money to the poor, and if I've cheated anyone, I'm going to pay them back four times." Uh, and it ended with Jesus saying. It started with Jesus saying, I must stay at your house today. And it ended with, today salvation has come to this house. Uh, For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. And that's something that I want to come back to in a little bit to focus more on it. And the next parable is uh, the parable on the 10 minors. This is the one similar to the parable of the 10 talents. And it's mostly about the kingdom of God. Because the the verse before that was when people saw that Jesus was, was approaching Jerusalem. They thought the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. So instead of Jesus rebuking them, Jesus gently, just like he rebuked us, gently tell them about the parable. And this is about the faithfulness of, of using what we have in terms of our knowledge and our, our provision because he is coming back um, so that's, uh, that's briefly on the parable of the 10 minors. And then the next one is a triumphal return. This is when Jesus fulfilled one of the prophecies of riding a cult that has never been written into Jerusalem. Uh, this, paro- this prophecy was from Zecha- Zechariah. Zechariah, right? Zechariah, chapter 9, verse 9. It's like all oh, these names, man. What can't they say? like from Smith. Smith, 9, verse 9. Um, anyway, so this is to fulfill a prophecy that was spoken from a while ago. Uh, just a little tidbit. There are 353 prophecies that Jesus fulfilled. And uh, as a reminder, the Old Testament was written 450 years before the time of Jesus. So all those prophecies, I just, just say more than 300, just for the sake of make it easy. More than 300 prophecies was written about Jesus, he fulfilled them all, and was written by many different people. Um, I'm, I'm a very analytical guy, so one of the things that I felt like it's good for, for us to have a hold of is, uh, I read this book from Peter Stoner. He wrote the um, book called Science Speaks. Because he, he used a mathematical formula to explain to us what it is like to have one person fulfilled all the prophecies. So he, he came up with a math, mathematical formula to to explain to everyone how it's not a coincidence that Jesus fulfilled his prophecy. So one person fulfilling eight prophecy is equivalent to one in 10 to the 17th power. I think I listed those zeros on there. That's, I mean, what's after the trillion? Gazillion? One in a, gaz, a hundred gazillion chance of someone fulfilling eight just eight prophecy so for a chance of one person fulfilling 48 prophecy is 1 in 10 to the 157th power so that's 157 zeros we don't have enough space room to fill that out so jesus fulfilled 153 prophecy so we can see it's humanly impossible to be a coincidence of someone coincidentally fulfilled all those prophecies. And another way to really have to, to help us to fully understand how it is actually impossible, humanly impossible for someone to fulfill all those prophecies is um, uh, Peter Stoner from this uh, Science Speaks. He said, uh, pick one silver coin out of 100 gazillion coins. That's 10 to the 17 power. Uh, So he was talking about how one person can fulfill eight prophecy. So he said, pick one silver coin out of 100 gazillion silver coins. Mark it with an X. Take it to the state of Texas. So the state of Texas is 262 square miles. Lay out all those coins. And actually, just so you know, when you put all those coins out, it's two feet deep. That's how many silver coins there are in terms of 100 gazillion coins. You can blindfold someone, tell them to walk, and pick up one coin, that exact coin that you have marked with an X. So that's the chance of someone, one person, fulfilling eight prophecy. So, So that's just gonna kinda help us get our minds around how it is very, extremely difficult for one person to fulfill eight prophecy. It is humanly impossible for one person to fulfill all the prophecy that was written in the Old Testament. So we know Jesus fulfilled all this prophecy to show us, to prove that he is God. Only him can do the impossible. I know I'm speaking to the choir, but it's, it's something, it's, it's, I think it's a good tidbit for us to know and to explain to other people from the mathematical, from the analytical standpoint of it's not a coincidence. It is not a coincidence, coincidence of something like this that could happen. Uh, so anyway, you know, the last passage in this chapter is Jesus at the temple. It's, it's mostly just about God or money. You know, God was, was uh, uh, he, Jesus didn't like it that uh, people were selling things in the temple. And he reminded them again, my house shall be a house of prayers for all nations. And that is from Isaiah 56, 7. And that's something that, you know, for our hearts, we always want to remind ourselves. God's house in the church is always going to be about prayer and worship. You know, money will always come into play. Money will always come into play, and I think you know we had, I had lunch with Mike on Friday morning, and we talked about money will always come into play uh, within the church and you know short the next verse after that is the chief priest and the scribes were seeking to destroy him because Jesus pointed out, my house shall be a house for prayer and uh, and and that 's a very touchy topic that we always need to keep in mind of uh, God or money so that's a brief summary for Luke 19. I would encourage you guys to read through that again if you haven't, um, verse to verse, because it's, it's an incredible chapter. Uh, for this morning, I, I want us to focus on the passage on Zacchaeus. It's, I feel like it's, a, it's an, a good emphasis for us as a church. And uh, it's, it's also another important reminder as we can see many, many times throughout the book of Luke and as we've gone through the book of Luke, Jesus was constantly, constantly doing the work of seek and save the lost. So, Zacchaeus. So it started out with Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus he was, hey man, I have trouble saying this name, Zacchaeus. He, he was just curious about Jesus, right? He just wanted to see who is this Jesus that, that he has heard so much about? Who is this Jesus that people have been talking about? Um, so he wanted to see Jesus so bad that he, you know, he would climb up a sycamore fig tree just to get a glimpse of Jesus. So let's picture this. A short, and I'm picturing a chubby guy because he's wealthy, right? A chief tax collector. So he's wealthy. And wealth, you, one of the signs of wealth is how much you can eat. Um, in some culture, in most culture, in most cultures. Back then, especially back then. Uh, so, just, just imagine a, a guy, a wealthy guy, he wanted to see Jesus so bad, no one would move aside so you can see him. So, he had to climb up on a tree and be in, in, in an, quote, unquote, undignified way to climb up on a tree just to see, get a glimpse of Jesus. And, you know, he was a chief tax collector. So, as a tax collector, you know, he as a tax collector, he, I'm sure he had to do a lot of um, sleazy things, a lot of brown nosing, you know, a lot of cheat, steal, and light. It's not like the IRS guys that we know now. Tax collector back then are very bad people, uh, very corrupt people. So this description I just list typically only applies to a, chi- uh, a tax collector. So a chief tax collector had to be multiple times worse than a regular tax collector, right? But Jesus walked straight up to him, looked at him, and called him by his name, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. We shouldn't dismiss the importance of Jesus knowing Zacchaeus' name. Not only does it show that Jesus knows people without any prior knowledge, also it puts Zacchaeus at ease and at ease when Jesus called him by his name. You know, last week John shared a great message on hospitality, and it was about the importance of knowing a person by his or her name. This is an example of Jesus showing Zacchaeus not to other people, but to Zacchaeus himself that he cares about him, that Jesus knows him. And we need to always remember that Jesus cares about everybody. Every single person, young and old, who has ever lived or will ever live. And that is the truth. And that's a good reminder for for us. And when Jesus said, I must stay at your house today. You know, there uh, there are many houses that Jesus... Could have stayed at. You know, those that follow him, many of his followers, I'm sure, were clamoring and wanting him, Jesus, to stay at their houses. But Jesus said, I must stay at the chief tax collector's house today. The one who most likely have done opposite of everything that Jesus has been teaching. You know, Zacchaeus probably did all those bad things, opposite of what Jesus was teaching, with gusto, because of his ambition to be a chief tax collector. You know, when you're around a lot of corrupt people, you have to be the most corrupt people in order to be the chief tax collector, right? So when Zacchaeus heard that, he was all excited. It's like, wait, I'm a chief tax collector, and this Jesus I've been hearing so much about is staying at my house. So he got all excited. He came down at once and welcomed Jesus gladly. What happened next? All the people saw this and began to mutter. He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Um, mother, as you guys may or may not know, it it means saying something in a low or barely audible voice, especially in in dissatisfaction or irritations. So it's important to note that whenever Jesus did what he came on earth to do, which is to seek and save the lost, we always, always see legalism and self-righteousness trying to sway people away from Jesus' main purpose. Let's read that again. All the people saw this and began to mutter. See, not some, but all the people saw this. That's unfortunate that this happened because it's even more unfortunate as it is still happening. You know, in terms, I'm talking about legalism and self-righteousness. We, all of us, and I'm including myself, we need to not let this happen again, A period. You know, we need to remind ourselves of why Jesus died on the cross. It was for all of us once and for all you know we know this from second corinthians 5 verse 15 you know he died for all who have sinned for those with just small sin like a white little lie or for those with humongous sin like murder he did it for all of us so if i so if, if we we should caution ourselves and again you know i'm talking to myself caution us i'm talking to myself also is to to not think that we know better than those people in that passage or thinking how could they be so dense right because as you read this well, at least for me, I was thinking, well, why are these people it's complaining? Because that's what Jesus came to do. But it's a good reminder for us because uh, there's a reason why there's a term history repeats itself, right? People, including all of us, will often make the same mistakes when we, are, when we think we know better or when we think that we're smart. So only when we can rely on the Holy Spirit to lead us, to guide us, and to show us uh, a supernatural wisdom of revelation, only then can we say that history will not repeat itself. So the, you know, the phrase history repeats repeat itself is not just applicable to historical events or large scale incidents that involve many nations or many people, it, it also applies on a smaller scale and also applies on an individual basis also. This is when we see, you know, behaviors being repeated or passed down from one generation to another. You know, we've talked about this many times before, whether it's in addictions or abusers or parenting or relationship, uh, fearfulness or recklessness or self-destructive, uh, and what have you. So we, in our flesh and in our natural state, cannot break off those, those, this like cycle, repeating cycle. However, we can break. Away from from this history repeats itself through the supernatural, which is God's spirit, and that's why it's so critical to make sure that we spend time with God. You know, it is like like constantly checking the compass to make sure that we're going where God is sending us to. You know, to make sure that we 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 are doing the things that God has called us to be, and to be the people that God has called us to be. Um, you know, we have I'm sure we have heard, witnessed, and seen many stories about how the history repeats itself in terms of, of generational struggles, you know where people keep repeating the same mistakes, uh, or asking the same questions, or, or encountering the same scenarios. This same thing can happen to us if not for the Holy Spirit. And this is the only difference. It's a very, very big difference. So we need the Holy Spirit. Because when we have Jesus, we've been given the Holy Spirit, so we need to tap into that. And the Holy Spirit is the same as God's presence, right? God's presence is leading us and guiding us and speaking to us and allow us to tune our ears and our hearts to the Holy Spirit. And We know that that will help us to break off any generational sins and struggles and, and bondage that has been passing down so we can move forward. And not only for us to move forward, but for our children to move forward and not have to encounter and, and fight through the same struggles that we have. Um, I, took a, I took a little detour on, on God's presence in the Holy Spirit because I feel it is important that, that we, we need to always keep that in mind. Important that we need God's presence. Otherwise, we can very easily repeat the same mistakes. You know, the things that we may see in our parents will possibly happen to us if we don't rely and trust in God's leading and the Holy Spirit. And uh, in in this particular situation from Luke 19, it's about legalism and self-righteousness. We've got to make sure that we don't repeat that also. So anyway, go back to Luke 19. It started with Zacchaeus' curiosity in seeing Jesus. He just wanted to know and see this Jesus that he's been hearing so much about. But this led to Jesus staying at his house. This led to repentance by Zacchaeus. And when people come into the presence of God and experiencing the love and goodness of Jesus. There's no need to talk about what is right or what is wrong, right? Jesus didn't tell Zacchaeus what he needed to do to go forward. Jesus didn't tell Zacchaeus how he needed to live going forward. Jesus didn't need to remind Zacchaeus about his past and all the things that he has wronged other people. Because the very next thing we see is Zacchaeus stood up, declared to everyone, and make right of all the things that he did wrong, and acknowledge to live a, a life of righteousness. This self-righteous, you know, people like to point out about how bad or sinful someone is. As you can see the verse before, all the people began to mutter. He's staying, what? Well, he's a guest of this, uh, the sinner's house. But that's not the heart of Jesus. Jesus. All Jesus said in response to Zacchaeus' radical and supernatural transformation was, today, salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. There's so much that goes into this last verse. Um, I don't have time to expound on just this one verse, but I just want to share briefly about this. The first thing from Jesus in reply to Zacchaeus' repentance is today, today salvation comes to this house. Zacchaeus and his household now have eternal life through a simple act of repentance. It started with today, I must stay at your house. And it ended with today, salvation come to this house. It's because of Jesus' presence, because of his love for people. And that caused Zacchaeus to repent and come to Jesus. And the next thing he, Jesus said is, this man too is a son of Abraham. That's, as I was studying this verse, it was just, it really overwhelmed me in terms of what Jesus just spoke. Because, you know, what God spoke over Abraham now applies to this chief tax collector. The, that person for many years who has wronged and cheated his fellow Jews the most in Jericho, right? The chief tax collector. And I'm certain the people didn't call Zacchaeus as the chief tax collector. Maybe the most corrupt trader, you know, because he was betraying his people. He was, he was taking money from his own people. Surprised with Zacchaeus coming into the presence of Jesus, he was most likely the most corrupt, greedy, like I was saying, selfish, pompous person in town. However, being in the presence of God, the presence of Jesus, Zacchaeus acknowledged who he is and how he has lived when coming face to face with, with the, the incredible love and goodness of Jesus. And through his repentance, Zacchaeus was radically transformed into a new man. Through that one act of repentance, Zacchaeus received the same blessing that was spoken over Abraham and Abraham's descendants. That's incredible. You know, as I look back on Genesis 12 verse 3. It said, when God spoke to Abraham, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. How amazing is that? So what was spoken by God to Abraham will now apply to this chief tax collector it is mind boggling of how one act of repentance can bring everlasting forgiveness everlasting blessing and love not only just to Zacchaeus but to his household and the many generations to come that is the amazing goodness of Almighty God whom we worship, that's why we worship him that's why we lift him up, that's why we sing to him you know, and lastly, Jesus reminded all people again of why he came, for the Son of Man. Has the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost? You know, as we can see from this passage, no one is so terrible or beyond the saving grace of Jesus. You know, we should not try to be for us. Um, you know, the the verse that 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 um, uh, when it talked about all the people stop muttering. Because I think they were trying to be the gatekeepers. Because they're trying to say, oh, that's a sinner. He can't go in there. Jesus shouldn't go in. They were trying to be, to be the gatekeeper. We should not try to be the gatekeeper. We should try to show people where the gate is and usher them in. Because once they experience the presence of God, we saw what happened. Right? So salvation came to Jesus. Uh, to, salvation came to Zacchaeus' household because of his curiosity. Because just because of the desire to know who Jesus is, will always lead to a transformed life. You cannot help but to lead to a transformed life. Because when people say, well, Jesus was just a man, they don't really know who Jesus really is and what he has done and what was spoken over him. So once we equip ourselves with all the information that we have and share with them, you know, just a little things like um, I was saying earlier about you know, for one person to fulfill eight prophecy, how impossible that is. So once you explain that to people and it help people to think, like, oh, wait a minute, he was more than just a man walking around. So anyway, in closing, um, you know, through this chapter, I, I just feel like God wants to speak to us that we are to learn from Jesus and trust in his presence. Because when we do that, we will see radical transformations. In people, we, we, we learn about Jesus so we can share with others from our own personal revelation. And I know we, we say this a lot at uh, Restoration: is we want to share with people about Jesus, speak to them from the heart, and not regurgitate what we hear or what we learn, but just to speak to them from the heart of what we know of Jesus. And the only way for us to do that is to know Him for ourselves and know who he is, and know who he is to us individually. And when we do that, you know, we can be ourselves. Just be ourselves and share with other people through our own ways of who we are. And also as we learn more about Jesus, that will help us to find security in Jesus. Not needing confirmations or affirmation of people, not needing to be seen or heard in a certain way, but just to find our security in Jesus and the things that he has called us to do and to be. Uh, and secondly, you know this this chapter would, would try to teach us that Jesus remind us again that Jesus came to seek and save the lost. See, he he repeated that again after Zacchaeus was saved, like, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. It's it's again reminding us that it's an it's an active word, you know, to seek seek out seek out someone, seek out something. That's what he came to do. And it's, it is an encouragement for us also because as we want to follow Jesus it, as he is our Lord, our God and our Savior we want to do the same thing is to seek out the lost so then the lost can be saved. And um, you know, it's also a reminder that uh, when we have Jesus in our lives we need more of his presence because um, I will admit to this, sometimes when I'm I'm too busy and I haven't been able to spend too much time with God. There's a little self-righteousness and judgmental will creep in. So we need to, uh, I know need is a strong term, but we need to spend time with God. So then the judgment, the, the judgmentalness will not come forth. Because as we can see, Jesus didn't care what the people said. He went straight to Zacchaeus and told him, Today, I must stay at your house. And he probably said, I don't care what everyone else is muttering or saying or complaining. Today, I must stay at your house. Because eventually, today, salvation has come to this household. And that's something for us to be reminded of in terms of needing the presence of God and be led by the presence of God. And lastly, you know, uh, hopefully it's a simple reminder, but the presence of God is within us. He's always with us. Because when we accept Jesus, we have been given the Holy Spirit. We need to use it. Listen to him. His presence is within us. Um, and, you know, just learn to increase our awareness for his presence. Because when, when the Holy Spirit is in us, we will have more of a boldness. We will have more of a wisdom and strength. And, and we, we will be able to articulate and say things in a way that, that sometimes we look back. It was like, whoa, that was awesome. I wish I would have recorded that so I can play it again. But it's, that's what it is to be led and, and, and um, used by the Holy Spirit and the presence of God to speak to people, speak to the things that are on their hearts and the things that they're desiring, the things that they're they wanting and wishing for. Um, and that in turn will help lead us to do the same thing that Jesus did, what he came to do, which is to seek and save the lost. So that is the Jesus that we, restorations, Is called to glorify and lift up, and that's who we are to, uh, to copy and to try to live like. And once we know who Jesus is, then we can tell people about this Jesus that we know. And that's Jesus for we at Restoration, desire for people everywhere to know, right? That's the Jesus that I want people to know. And I know that that's the Jesus that you guys want other people to know. Not, you know, the, the self-righteous, not the judgmental, not the you need to do this or you can't do that. It's just God's love and God's goodness will cause people to come to him, draw people to him. So um, so anyway, that's what I have for this morning. And I just um, encourage you guys again to go through the book of Luke. Because uh, I think it's really gr- a great book to to share and talk to us more about the timeline of Jesus as he was walking through the different miracles and the different prophecy that he was fulfilling. And, and also at the same time to help us know more about who Jesus is. So, so anyway, that's what I have for this.